What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. This episode, I'm bringing on a friend from New York. We're going to talk about uncoupled immigration. I met him at a brunch. His name is Gonzalo Abuerto de la Fuente. Hopefully I said that right. Um, He's also the king of Zoom. And so, Gonzalo, hey. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Was that a good intro? That was a great intro. Um, I will say my last name is Aburto, not Abuerto, but... um, I don't know if I got that that right. But there was a lot of words I got... (laughs) It was really close. I can't blame you. And you know what? I am the king of Zoom, so I appreciate that intro. It only took about um, 13 minutes to figure all of this out, but we're here. So that's all that matters. You have Wi Fi, it's working. Your hair is wild. It is wild. You know, we just woke up. um, Are we growing it out? Uh, Yes. Just because, I don't know, I'm tired of having to keep up with it and I'm trying something new, but I'm getting very tired of it too. The wind in New York and been going to the beach and and it's horrible. So, But I feel like for the fall, that's like the best time to grow your hair out and like do like a new look, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I'm not um, doing anything right now that requires any certain look. So I'm just, I'm letting it go. You should always look good in New York, no? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, some people just like the messy hair look. Like, I've been I mean, getting a lot of compliments on it. And so I keep it short, but it's a mess, as you've seen. You know, that's that's all we can do. That's all we can do. So, guys, if you haven't watched Uncoupled on Netflix, Gonzalo is Wyatt on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And if you have not watched Uncoupled, actually, I'll let you give a little premise about what the show is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we were talking about this a little bit. Uh, it's basically the life of Michael and um, the people that surround him. Michael has just recently learned that his 17-year-long relationship is no currently. Um, he was just left by him and it's kind of unfurling and trying to find out the gay dating scene in New York. But then with it, because of other characters, you also learn about just dating scenes at their age. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. It's kooky. It's crazy. There's um, talks of grinder prep uh, and all sorts of gay issues that we have that I don't feel like a lot of other shows have been touched. Well, what I loved and I thought was so interesting is that it's from the perspective of somebody who's 50. So all the characters are, if you want to call it middle-aged and so yeah. you're watching an actual like middle-aged relationship, as opposed to guys in their twenties, trying to date, find love, never been in love, whatever that situation is. Yeah. Now you're seeing a relationship that was flourishing for 17 years and now it ends. And now it's like, how do you go back into the city and try to like assimilate into a society or social scene that like you haven't been in for so many years as a 50 year old guy and so I think the easy like 30 minute episodes to watch and it just was super relatable I mean obviously I'm 29 I'm not 50 but like I even found similarities I was like oh shit yeah that's that's very much that all the time 
A hundred percent. I think um, we have all been in those situations before. I, I was talking to my mom about all of this and she was like, I see myself reflected and she was talking to her friends and she sees herself reflected in all of these characters. And I also see myself reflected in them. So it's great to be able to see, you know, what happens after a breakup? How do you feel? How do you navigate that? How do you get back to your life? Um, what is your life without that partner after 17 years? Like what truly is your life without that person? And also, yeah, being middle-aged in New York and the gay dating scene, you know, it's jokes about it, but like once you hit thirties, people treat you differently, think of you differently, or you think of yourself differently within the community. And so imagine that after being with someone for 17 years, it's, it's yeah, it, but it is easy to digest. It's very funny. Um, Jeffrey and Darren did amazing in the writing. It's, it's, it's all just so fun to watch. Cause I, I didn't know much about it. I, I knew the episodes that I was in, but everything else was a surprise. So I got to watch it as everyone else was watching it and react and get all these texts and, and, and have all of that live reaction with everyone. So like, what was it like? Because obviously you auditioned for the show and when like you saw how it actually all played out, like. What was it like to work on a show that kind of focused on so many different gay relationships? And for anybody watching, like you were the younger guy mm -hmm. in, let's say, an age-gapped relationship. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I was saying, it, it was refreshing to see relationships be represented. I feel like we don't see a lot of older gay relationships. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we have many examples of that. And so we kind of live by what we see, what we know of, but seeing it represented on Netflix was amazing. Uh, so that I was feeling very grateful for and seeing all these different types of gay people. It's not necessarily just the trope or, or, or the gay best friend or all the things that we know to be true in Hollywood and, and all these TV shows. So you kind of had people struggling with wanting to be single, people wanting to date younger, people wanting to date within their age gap, um, issues with divorce, issues with parents, like, um, and being a parent. Like it, you just have every walk of life in that show. And that's something that I really appreciated being a part of um, within that age gap. It is interesting because um, I feel like Wyatt, as everyone was thinking before, um, would mostly not have a lot going on for him, might be just a younger guy having fun and finding an older guy to date. And we learn later on that he does have a lot going on for his life. He's very ambitious, he's smart, he's kind. And I think that's also something that's nice to be able to represent that not all of these age gaps need to be you know oh he's with him for his money or he's with him just because he's the new boy toy you know like that was also something really cool to think about well i don't want to ruin it but obviously towards the end i thought it was an interesting ploy on how you said your spiel in comparison to him saying his spiel because oftentimes you would think the older guy might be more like demanding or kind of like rushing the younger guy into something or things like that. So I thought how it ends is interesting kind of showcases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can learn from each other. I think that's also something, you know, without saying too much, like, yeah, I had a lesson to teach him, even though he was older than me, he might have not 
been open to that. And he so, needed the reality check. Exactly, exactly. And I gave it to him. So watch that last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it is obviously so? Well, it's not obvious. You're from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. What's it like in comparison from you grew up in Mexico City? Were you dating in Mexico City or were you too young? Um, yeah, so my life story very quickly. Uh, I was in Mexico City up until I was 16 years old. So I did have a dating scene. I came out when I was about 12 years old. Um, very supportive parents. My entire family is gay. <laughs> uh, so all of my siblings are part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And so it was hard to come out, but everyone sort of knew. Um, Mexico City was not as open as it is here. Of course, it is progressing, but back then it wasn't, but I was still dating. Uh, The scene is very different. From there, I moved to San Antonio and then Oklahoma for college. So I kind of had a little bit of a way to ease myself into the American culture of dating and um, just how things are here, you know, like pronouns and um, visibility. And it, it opened up my eyes to a whole new world. And so Getting to New York from there was a very easy transition. Very easy, I say. But um, I was like, so you're saying it's easy to assimilate into New York and date here? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's easy to assimilate. I feel like I can assimilate easy, easily to to places, and I already had a lot of friends here, you know. So I think that's what's helpful. But no, absolutely, the dating scene is is crazy anywhere you go but I think that's that's true everywhere so you sort of know it's just in a bigger scale I don't know my friends everywhere else other than here I think have thrived in relationships I don't know what it is I think this like area is like cursed when it comes to love like career-wise everybody does so well it's like I'm so proud of all my friends here but you could ask about any one of my friends in New York their dating life is a complete shit show like, I don't want any of their <laughs> relationships. <laughs> okay, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Like, I think the fact that we are always on the go, the fact that we um, have so many options can sometimes deter people from actually working through the relationships instead of just calling it a day or moving on. Um I feel like that's one thing that I could say about dating apps. Like, we have so many options on the on our hand that we just swipe we don't genuinely connect I don't know I feel like those are some of the things that I've experienced and I sometimes do too you know I'm like how do I keep up with all of this like I have a life of my own and now I have to keep up with these guys talking to me like it's too much sometimes it's it's very difficult when there's a lot of like sparkly objects in front of your face and you're like like, can you just like stop looking at me like exactly see the message request and I'm like just don't even open it I was like this is not good for you just like but you always do you always do you (laughs) still will (laughs) no you know like so going back to you moved to the U.S. like what's it like because obviously you had this vision right like you wanted Mm -hmm. to be an actor you wanted to be in the scene you wanted to start a career like what was it like trying to break into that whole scene moving to New York? Um, So I studied musical theater at the University of Oklahoma. And from there we had a show. Are they known for that? They are, they actually are. Yeah, you'd be surprised. There's three really big universities um, 
down there that have very good theater programs, but they are very well known for all of them. Uh, but from there, we had a showcase and I met my agents here in New York and they are the ones that helped me get uncoupled. So that's kind of what moved me here. I said, you know what? I just got to do it. I have to be there. Um, and thankfully, because of them, it's been a little easier to do to have that transition. All New York things aside, they helped me and have been helping me get my my name out there. Um, well, finding a job here is a shit show. So I'm sure like, having somebody help you out and like, you're obviously good at what you do, but so is obviously so many other people mm -hmm. as well. So there's no matter what you want to do, there's going to be competition. But like, what's it like even just the like immigration side of it? Because obviously you need like visas to like live here and like work here and everything like that. Yeah, the <laughs> the immigration portion of it has been the absolute nightmare that you could ever imagine. Um, I originally had a student visa through the university, but that also came with a lot of restrictions. I wasn't able to work. I if I wanted to work on any projects, I had to know by the beginning of the semester. And like to anyone out there who's an actor or knows actors, we don't know that in advance sometimes and sometimes these things are very short contracts and so having to have all of that in writing very early on made it very hard uh, and then i went into an opt which is what i was on until recently and that's optional practical training it only allows you to work in anything that's related to your major yet yeah. so it being theater and being in new york you know it's it is very cutthroat and sometimes you might have work back to back and sometimes you might not have work for years. And so it was very difficult with that too. The OPT says that I cannot have more than 90 days within a year of unemployment. So I had to be continuously employed in something that's theater related. Um, so they they make it very hard. It, it's, it's a hard situation as an actor. I think in other um, careers, maybe it might be a little easier to have a contract that's going to go for up to a year or maybe like 10 months and not worry about it. But as an actor, you have weeks of a contract and then you have to get back on it and find something else. That is so crazy. Yeah. Um, well, so and now I'm working on now. So now I'm working towards an O one, uh, which is extraordinary ability in the arts or entertainment industry. With that, their main criteria is saying that you've been nominated for a major award saying oscars like um emmy grammy like have you been nominated or won any of these if not they give you six different criteria and all of them need to be have you worked on important projects is there news about it are there interviews are there things that talk about you like are you a person that people know and need to be in the industry that is wild yeah yeah and it's expensive too i mean like all and i'm not allowed to work through this period right now like uh, it's it's they make it very tough for people that want to come here and, and flourish of course so it's it's been difficult that's that's i think i think maybe that's why i don't feel like everything else is a struggle because everything else is you know a little easier compared to the immigration system but we are working it. We are trying. I mean, best. yeah, listen, America does not want any of our asses here. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're, They're running like, out. 
please everyone just leave they're like no let's go back to europe please (laughs) (laughs) you want to know what's funny is every time like i was just in europe and every time i go to europe i'm like oh my god i could totally see myself here and i could probably do it for like three months or six months but then after that there's just like something about new york that i just miss i don't know what it is and I hate to say it, it's not like my family or friends. It's just like the aura of New York. I just like want to be back, you know? I agree. I agree. There's always stuff going on. You can always be entertained. Like, ah, we do put ourselves through so much struggle just to be in the city, but we love it. Is it what you thought it would be? Yes, it actually is. Um, Yeah, I've been very surprised, very... I love it. it. It feels also very much like home. To me, it feels very close to Mexico City, uh, just because they're both huge cities. And that variety is what keeps it exciting for me. Like knowing that I can be in so many different places, like Brooklyn feels like a completely different world. And then you can go to like Hell's Kitchen or you can go Midtown or like Fidei and you just feel a different environment. And so yeah each pocket is its own little scene you know you go to murray Mm -hmm. hill it's bro fest you might watch some football (laughs) like you go to the upper east side you got like your hot jewish moms who don't work (laughs) like everyone's got their neighborhood you know exactly but that's that's so exciting to me i just love it and everything is so interconnected like hop on the train real quick and you're on the other side of the city or yesterday i was at the beach you know like we have so much so accessible i love it well hopefully you don't get forced to leave <laughs> i i'm hoping i won't i feel i feel good about it so we're we're gonna stick here yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do it keep hustling baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i signed so another lease, so we'll be here you know <laughs> as soon as it's approved it is it is oh. thankfully in this market these days you wait that's know. great yeah congrats so, Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So when you finally got that role of Wyatt, though, like, how did it feel? Like, where were you? Like, did they give you a phone call? Was it your manager? Was your email? Like, what was the scene? Yeah. So um, this was actually fairly simple. I was only originally contracted for the first episode. Um, So it was a very quick scene, very quick moment. But I sent in my tapes and I was still in Oklahoma. And then I was visiting New York and my agents called me and they said, hey, um, so you're one of their top choices. We're about to find out. And they said, Gonzalo, this is huge. At this point, I didn't know much about the project. I didn't know who was involved. I didn't know anything. I just sent that very quick scene and I was like, okay, okay. Like I wasn't fully believing it. I was like, all of these opportunities are great. Um, And then once they called me and they said, you got it. These are the names attached to it. I was like, excuse me I mean you see that cast you see the creators they are like have done so much of the tv that we know like Modern Family Emily in Paris Sex and the City like you know this is a great team and for that to be my first gig in New York and in on a film set like I couldn't believe it I just couldn't believe it. when did you film that though because you've been here for a hot minute yeah so uh that was November that's when we started and then we finished um like february like the first week so it was it was pretty quick yeah that is very fast yeah it was very fast 
So, and then well, that's when like you've been me. here so much longer. I guess I've only known you for a couple of months. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I've been here since November. That's that's how long yeah. I've been. So I'm I'm about to not about to, but I'm gonna get to a year pretty soon. Yeah, that's very soon. It's two months away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Listen, New York ages you. Enjoy enjoyed the process. <laughs> We're trying. So your character Wyatt was the younger guy in the age gap relationship mm -hmm. and we watch you and it's funny because knowing you and then watching you on that i felt like it was very much you yeah. not saying you weren't acting but like i was like that's pretty much like how you would act in your mannerisms and what you would say like how natural was that for you to be dating an older man have you dated older guys before is this your mo um i will say i haven't officially dated anyone with a huge age gap. Um, I've always tried to go a little bit older, like a couple of years older, but I feel like with a huge age gap, sometimes we have very different lived experiences. So no, that was that was the first experience I've had um, and navigated. But also, I don't think Emerson necessarily wants to feel like he is older. So he's playing to be young, you know? I mean, he was playing a 50 year old. Yeah, but but he was so involved with so many younger people that he was very much in the scene, knew what was going on. He was kind of like the group's um, intro into what gay life is currently. currently yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no, no. I that I haven't had many experiences like that, so it was it was interesting to tap into that. And then, how much of that was actually scripted? Because I felt like watching the show, like between like neil patrick harris and like even just you like mm -hmm. it felt like we've all been in these situations before that it felt like if i was in that scene i could have just like had a very natural reaction that would have worked like how much of the, all those like random fights or breakup scenes were actually like scripted versus just kind of like ad lib so from the stuff that i received and i worked on and saw other people working on everything was scripted but the that's why i just love uh jeffrey and darren so much and their work is just they got to know us so well i mean i was there for two or three days the first episode and then from talking to them and just being on set that's how they continued to develop wyatt to bring him back so it was very much catered to what my personality was who i was what feels natural to me and that way it just comes off naturally on on screen because if you get a script that you're like i would never say these words and then they say like do it and, and believe it and you you don't yeah it's very easy to tell so now all of that was scripted um maybe sometimes if we were doing something and then they they were listening to it they were present the entire time so if they listened to something that they didn't like it would maybe change a word or add a little word or like in between the last scene they were like call him babe like so that wasn't on the script but that they they felt like the way that we were doing it in the moment called for him being a little bit more caring and and, and showing a little bit more love so things like that they tweak it in the moment but all of this was their work that's so wild yeah i mean everyone is also very seasoned and talented and yeah. they, they know what they're doing they they literally would look at the lane the lines and then just go on but it's funny because like watching like so the main guy is neil patrick harris 
And then I don't know all the actors' names involved, but Neil Patrick Harris has his female best friend and then his two gay best friends. Mm-hmm. And then watching them not really function in the dating scene and also struggle. So whether you're a straight girl who all her friends happen to be gay men and she's also a mess, but then you also have types of gay guys, right? Like mm-hmm. some might be more like, want to be alone introvert others are like think they're still 21 and they are in the club shirtless (laughs) and still like going after younger guys because they feel like they're 21 still I mean it's just it was really 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 well done like I loved it yeah no I I was very excited to see all of it like I said I just I just knew the parts that I was in um and seeing all these characters develop and seeing them from the first episode to the last one I was able to sit there and read the first episode and the last episode. And so I knew that they had been on a huge journey. And I remember that day when we finished reading, we all looked around the room and we all were like, wow, we did this. Like, And we thanked them, all the creators and the whole team. And we said, this is gonna be amazing. This is gonna be, this is gonna be great. And this is gonna be good for the community too. Uh, the same way you're saying that, like you see so much reflected in this. And I think that's that's why it's important that we continue doing this. Um, well, hopefully you get a season two. Yeah, they haven't announced anything yet, but hopefully, you know, like if they keep, people keep watching, people keep liking it, yeah. maybe it'll come. People yeah. are on it, they'll, I'm sure they, it will. Yeah, they seem to be, they they seem to be very, uh, reacting very well to it. And that's that's just the only thing that I can ask of whether it gets renewed or not. And I mean, I'm not promised a second season, of course. So like, I'm just happy to see all of these people that have welcomed me into the community and the industry thrive as well and see what their characters have in store. Listen, baby, you got the IMBD credit. I know. Going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we keep going. And you know, I mean, I'm auditioning like crazy. I got um, a team behind me and then we're, we're going for it all. So back, like, Uncoupled, now that it's out, you can watch it on Netflix. If you watch the show or you didn't watch the show, what do you want people to get out of this show? Um, I think it's very educational <laughs> in, in a very funny way. Like, it, it, it's just things that maybe I wasn't even sure of, like, things that I Googled. I think it opens up the conversation. Um same way that me and my mom talked about it too you know like i think it's it's a show that can open conversation to ask questions and to learn about the gay life and um i think it also allows us to open up our eyes to the future as younger people in the community i think it's important to know sort of how these relationships unfurl and what happens with them like that's gonna be all of us one day <laughs> not quite but but in a way like i think it's, it's we don't know that exactly we we really don't know that i mean michael didn't know that so how, how <laughs> could we you know but yeah i think i think it's important to take their lessons and and know that we also have to be kinder as a community to each other you want to know i found that i love is my mom is like always on my ass about something and like <laughs> coming from upstate New York. My parents have been together since they were 17 years old in high school. 
So like they don't understand, like I could say things all the time, like dating in New York is so difficult. It's this, it's that. And I feel like there's never been something to properly showcase like yeah. what it's actually like between like all the parties and just like, it could be a Monday and like, you just want to stay home, but then like you can't because it's like, you have to go do something or someone mm-hmm. just shows up at your apartment unannounced. And it's like, <laughs> bitch, like, just leave me alone. And yeah. like, you don't understand it until you can actually watch it in the way it kind of like dating aside or just the lifestyle. You could really see that that is exactly how New York is right now for mm-hmm. people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like you have so many examples. So like whether you connect to one, you're going to realize that the other one has things that connect to you and the other one does too. And then it's not just about gay dating life. Like you also have Marsha and Tisha. Um, they're the two uh, female characters. Like they, they have so much happening with their husbands too and their divorce and their kids and, and apartments and selling and, and the properties and then meltdowns and, you know, like all of these things, it's just, it's horrible. It's heartbreaking, but it's also fun to, to watch. And it helps you heal too, whether you're in that situation or not, or you've been in that situation, you find the humor in life. I mean, it definitely like in a fucked up way, it just like makes you feel better about your own life. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Not even fucked up. I will fully admit to that. Yes, I'm like I know that's not good to say, but like watching other people's problems, you're like, mine aren't that bad. Not it's that so bad. Awful. Not that bad. Exactly. <laughs> Hasn't been 17 years quite yet, so I think we'll yeah. be okay. Has anyone wanted to be with me for 17 years? No, but could I get there? <laughs> Maybe. maybe i envisioned it and you know i'm done okay so i didn't send you this but i had people submit i'm only going to do two of these but i had people submit questions and this is pertaining to their own life and they want advice on their own life based on your character okay are you ready do it let's do it hey wyatt i am only 27 and i am currently dating someone who is 44 I have been with him for just about under a year and a half, and I really want to take things more serious. We've been casually dating for a year and a half. We're together. We spend holidays together. Everything is great. But how do I convince him that I want to spend the rest of my life with him without scaring him away? Uh, Oh, okay. Without scaring him away. I think it's very important to continue to be open in these conversations. If that is exactly where you're at, you don't necessarily need to say that you're ready to be with this person for the rest of your life, um, but kind of gauge where they're at. See if they feel like this is a long-term relationship, if they feel like this has just been more casual, because you said casually dating, but then want to spend the rest of your life together. So I think you both need to get on the same page about that situation. Um, But from the sound of it, you have a great relationship going on, it's strong. And I think that conversation could be the start of a new chapter in your relationship. Yeah. And I also feel like the fact that they included spend holidays together. I mean, like, you're not just talking about like, oh, we spent Labor Day together because like that doesn't really count. Mm -hmm. But like, hopefully it's like a family holiday you're talking about, because I think that showcases 
he sees something in you if he's like introducing you and like wanting you to go with his family and stuff. And it's so been a I year and a half. I don't think this person necessarily has time to be wasting their time on a yeah. relationship that they don't find a future in. So yeah, just, just have that conversation. Yeah, I think there's a way to make it seem like super, it's not like you're saying, where's the ring? But yeah. you just say like, hey, like, I really like you. Like, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Like, do you see like a legitimate future with me? Like, where do you see this going like long-term? I think that's mm -hmm. like, a very natural, normal conversation to have with somebody that like, I would just go for it. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I need to ask you for advice. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. What do you want to know? No. <laughs> I was like, should we unbox your life now? No. <laughs> Let's go to the next question, please. <laughs> okay. This one says, I'm 24 years old and I can't seem to get along or like anybody my own age. I always find myself going for older guys, but no older guy will ever take me seriously. They always think I'm interested in just for the money. How do I make older gentlemen take me more seriously being I'm only 24? Okay, I relate to this so much. We talked about the situation um, with Wyatt, actually. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate situation to feel like you don't connect with these people. Sometimes we are forced to grow up faster than we have to. And sort of the older generation is someone that we can connect with. I think that's all you can focus on. Um, truly finding those people that are also seeking that connection that are not uh, wary of your intentions because you clearly are not in it for the money. You are just wanting a genuine connection. So I think starting from there, making sure that you also put in the effort to prove, you know, like I am, I am 24, but I have my own life. I support myself. I'm, okay whether you're with me or not but i want you to, in addition to my life i want you to be an addition i don't want you to be the supply so uh i think having genuine conversations with people finding things that don't involve money maybe might make them feel safer more comfortable like not saying like we need to go to dinner and have them feel like they have to pay for you or they have to provide for you but just finding ways in which you can start a genuine connection I also think there's something to be said about like how you meet the person, like yeah. I'm not judging or jumping the gun in the situation, but like if you're on seeking arrangements or some type of like <laughs> yours, your the perception behind it is there and that's yeah. trying to meet guys, like of course they're going to have maybe that like negative connotation being like, okay, they're in it just for the money. Yeah. They're not going to maybe take you seriously if that's the case or like, I don't know if your grinder bio says like pay me for something or you're like I, I love to be spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like I would maybe just make sure the way you're presenting yourself is that you're just a normal guy who happens to be 24. And mm -hmm. like, you find a guy attractive, you find a guy attractive. And like I'd also say, like, I know this sounds bad. But like when you go on a date, maybe don't have like a Fendi fanny pack or like look like you're super like prissy and entitled and like wear a lot of brands and showy things, because then I think it'll tone it down that you might look more like as like a commoner. 
where he's mm-hmm. not going to look at you and be like, oh, this guy just has a whole bunch of nice stuff. He's going to try to run me dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think exactly just find a way to be level-headed with this person and seek a genuine connection not have any sort of uh, preconceived notions on what that is going to be so and being vulnerable i think is huge just genuinely saying like what is the reason why you don't feel like you connect to people in your own age gap and the reason why you're seeking something else that there's no shame in that and i think that that'll be helpful in, in navigating this I mean, I won't lie, though, when I see a 24-year-old sometimes, I'm like, we are very different people at this point. Like, I am like, I sometimes mentally, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like 21 years old. And then I actually see a 21-year-old and I'm like, "Mm -mm, we are not the same anymore. We are not the same. I'm actually older now. Got it. I understand that. That's what I was saying. Like, we have very different lived experiences, unfortunately. And so some people might be open to that. Some people might feel like, they don't want to babysit you or they don't want to worry about i mean as a even as an artist like are you struggling with money well i have to be the one to support you you know like these things are real life issues that we need to consider when we're dating someone uh so as long as they don't feel like that's the case that you are able and capable to provide for yourself i think maybe they might be open to it well, guys, <laughs> that's um, dating advice with Jack. <laughs> I don't know if you should take our advice, but we really, we really yeah. gave it for you. Um, <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. So, guys, definitely check out Uncoupled on Netflix. Yes, you could follow Gonzalo at uh, Gonzalo underscore Aburto. That's A B U R T O on all the things except on all the things yes but thank you so much for having me this is so fun and of course yeah i hope that advice helps and make sure you check it out because uncoupled this funny relatable and very smart when are we seeing you at brunch you know whenever you want to in an hour no (laughs) (laughs) no i have to come see plasma I could really use this week off of your company. I feel like I really, I really got my fix. This hour yeah. was great with you, but I think I got my fix on you for this week. So like maybe next week would be great. Maybe next year, you know, we'll, we'll like pencil <laughs> it in somewhere. Um, no, absolutely. And I also have to see when uh, Plasma is performing. So I'll be, I'll come, I'll come support. Yes, guys. And if you are in the city at any point on a Sunday, we host Drag Brunch every single Sunday. Amor Loco, one to three. Um, it's right in Times Square, Midtown. So good. So good. The performances are great. The food is amazing. The drinks are strong. You want to be there. You want to be there. You want to be there. It's for a Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. You can tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bum. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.